Scotty, 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 I had a phone call and an email from half of our listeners, which was one half person, and they were saying they, they were desperately awaiting our commentary on some Apple event that went on today, but I have no idea what they're talking about. Do you? Did something happen today? Well, I hope so, because we've gone back to our normal recording time, which means that... Uh, well, actually, it was yesterday for me. That's how early it is now here. Well, all right. Well, so what happened? Well, um, actually, it was everything as predicted. Uh, possibly slightly less than everything was predicted, because there were some predictions of uh, some iPads. We never saw those, so maybe that's an October event. Um, yeah, it was done with Apple's normal slickness, but... It was padded out to be so long, and what should have been, in my opinion, a one-hour presentation was an hour and three quarters, something like that. I mean, you know, watch Series 4, good update, it's going to stop you dying of a heart attack, um, you know, but it didn't need 30 minutes to show you the new Breathe app and the new Breathe faces. iPhone, they were on for, I don't know, a long time, an hour and a half to basically release a 10s uh which again it's a t- uh, it's a normal s upgrade fantastic new processor in it upgraded camera um but basically you know it's what you'd normally expect from an s upgrade uh, the new 10s max which i have to say i don't know about in the uk but based on branding here sounds like a feminine hygiene project product um <laughs> Uh, terrible name, beautiful looking phone, uh, you know, really firmly establishes the $1,100 as a normal for a phone. Um, and then the X, or sorry, the 10R, which is going to sell like hotcakes. Um, to be honest, looks beautiful. <laughs> um, I wish they'd made the 10 in all those colors cause they look fantastic. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, obviously with the LCD screen. So everything that the uh, people have predicted, but we're used to that these days. It's been a while since Apple has surprised us. I think the last real big surprise we got uh, from Apple with hardware. But I can't remember. What do you think the last big surprise we got from Apple with hardware? No one was expecting. I can't even think. I mean, software, they ju- they, they they jumped us with Swift in 2014. I don't think anyone had seen that coming. Um, but hardware-wise, I think it's been a while since we've been totally surprised by something that was coming so yeah it was it was fine i think as developers um uh, the, if you're a watch developer i think there are some new things to possibly um take hold of but you know uh, i've not really done much for the watch so i'm not really in a position to comment um on the 10 we've got a new screen size but for most of us that doesn't mean anything anymore um because it's going to behave like a plus phone uh when you turn it um in landscape mode you're going to get the the plus type behavior on it and it's you know if you're using size classes and auto layout then you should just be dealing with that so uh, i think as developers a non-event um i think for the press yeah a padded event when they do three demos including the always now obligatory ar game demo which is just like (laughs) really do i really want to see you know, three people stand around an empty table, waving their phones around again. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, my son my son was watching it with me because I watched it at home, and he was impressed that they got the the game demo. He's impressed that they got the game 
onto the phone because um, in how good it looked because he plays that game apparently on his Xbox uh, One is it or whatever the, the latest dish Xbox is you know and he goes that you know that game is enormous on the Xbox it's you know, it takes forever to download it's massive so the fact that if it's even anything like the one on the Xbox on the phone he was quite impressed with um, which I guess is an angle I would never even look at not being a gamer uh, but yeah there we are we um, we delayed our recording uh, it's now early in the morning for me and late at night for you and um, yeah, that's the best I can come up with for our extra endeavors. Well, Scotty, gosh, um, I'm I was lying. I did watch it, although I watched it in the afternoon, and I do agree with you in that it it, it seemed to have gone a little bit further than it necessarily needed to. It. I was actually more impressed by a couple of things that that had nothing to do with the devices themselves. You're um, going to say the green stuff. Well, that too. No, actually, even before you get to that, I, I, I've been noticing it for a while in, in WWDC and in events. But this one, I think, really, I noticed very much that every every example, every subject matter for a photo or every screen kind of revealed that uh, Apple products, you know, where they were really showing that it wasn't just from, for white boys from Palo Alto in the names of the persons being called and then the... the 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 people being photographed it, to me it was it was it was nice to see it it really was um because i i have to imagine people thought a lot about it um so that that i kind of liked because i silicon valley companies are, are kind of finally well yeah finally talking about, about diversity and inclusion a lot um and i think that, that this kind of stuff actually does matter because it, it means that people will see themselves a, a global audience will see themselves um using apple products or you know are as equally important equally you know as a subject of beauty and and, and interest if you're you're taking photographs for example so I, I think, think uh, no i totally agree i think i mean apple have been working on that for a few years now that the diversity of the presentations uh not just the keynote but i guess the keynote is the one that gets it, it, i guess the keynote is what gets all the the um, spotlights and, and yesterday the diversity of the presenters um, a far better representation of women far better representation of people of color um, is there I think I think uh, obviously Apple are making a very conscious effort about that um, and it's nice to see uh, people that it's I, nice guess I wouldn't that... necessarily see oh. are in those positions yeah, well, I think let's put it this way: it's nice to see you know Betsy Diaz making a phone call rather than Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I did think sometimes though yesterday, and this I'm not blaming the presenters for this; I'm blaming the design of the presentation. Um, that they would bring on somebody else. Um, I can't fully remember her name. Is it Kian? Can't remember her second oh, name. Kian. Um, Kian. Yeah, from. Um, uh, who is iPhone product marketing manager? I think I remember rightly. Sorry, I uh, don't remember. And I have to say, the first you know five minutes of her section was just repeating what Phil said, and then she—I <laughs> don't know whether she chose this. Then she got the demos. So I think so. Um, I thought. Yeah, I thought she did her spot incredibly well, but her spot could have been totally cut, if I'm honest, because it was the demos and it repeated what Phil said. Um, yeah, well, so you're wondering sometimes where they saying, oh, yeah, we need to get someone else in on this and we need to get someone else in this and that, that affected it. I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, maybe they could have just cut Phil. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, no, that would have been better. Um, yeah. You know, if if she is head of iPhone product marketing, yeah. let her market the iPhone. <laughs> That's yeah. great. I mean, because uh, her presentation um, style was fantastic. So yeah. So the the green stuff, I thought that actually was important uh, because I think that I was talking about it with some friends, and I think that you know from a and you know ecological or moral standpoint it's nice to reduce mining um, just because so many of the, the 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 minerals that are required for building these devices come from from areas where the conditions in which they're mined and, and the kind of the nasty dealings of the governments that that allow contracts for, for mining companies that that kind of you know extract minerals and, and and don't really leave much for the for the people living in the country I think that that's good but I think that it's also it's just kind of good hard-nosed business so a lot of things with with kind of you know ecologically minded decisions you don't even, you don't have to care about the planet or anything you just have to to be a good business person to, to realize that it's there it's, it's more efficient um, so I thought that was good but but in a related matter you know one thing I'd, I'd, I'd you'd asked kind of last time what would you like to see and I'd said well it'd be nice to have a low-cost phone so they don't really have that but I did take notice of the fact that they said just I, I, they they've always had the the given you the ability to take your old equipment and then they would kind of responsibly recycle it. But this one, they said, no matter what, Apple will give you the value for it. So presumably, you can take your lightly used phone um, and get a reasonable value for it. They will then refurbish it. And so it seems to me that that Apple's strategy is to kind of keep the high end, it keeps the the high selling price, drop it down a little bit, so you get kind of la- last year's you know it phone, the iPhone ten the one that they're offering now is kind of as good pretty much right if not better because of a faster processor and whatnot maybe not quite as nice a screen but a couple hundred bucks cheaper and then they still have the kind of prior ones but if you're really talking about trying to get a phone that would be a $200 phone a $300 phone or, or, or less presumably you would be able to take refurb phones because if they've sold two billion of them certainly you lop off you know, one, two, three, four, five, you know, whatever up to up to, certainly through four, the fives and six, who knows, maybe there's a significant number of those around that have already been manufactured and that can be refurbished and made available in, in developing markets so that the entire low end or kind of like the, let's call it the stepping stone uh, devices for, for growing markets won't be completely be, you know, ceded to, to Android. So this was kind of an interesting way of doing it. I, I don't know whether that was part of their thinking, but it would be nice if it if it is. I would be surprised if Apple sell refurb phones. Oh, but they do. To I mean I mean no, but they sell refurb phones that are returns from the thirty day right. and the whatever policy. I don't I can't see them selling a two year old phone. You know, a, a two year old used phone. I mean, they sell a two year old model. I mean, that was quite interesting. That I think the I mean. You can now get an iPhone for is it four four nine, but it's an iPhone seven, uh, which is sensible because you know the iPhone seven is still a perfectly good phone. Uh, to, to be honest, most people with an iPhone seven, it's not like other than maybe you might be having battery problems after two or three years, but that could be replaced. You know, the iPhone seven is a perfectly capable, usable phone for your average human being, um, without doubt. And you can now get one of those for four four nine. Um, and it's interesting to see, though, I think the way Apple are doing cheaper phones is the, the 7 has stayed, the 8 has stayed, the 10 and the 10S. Um, 
it will be interesting to see when we get the 11 or whatever it might be next year if the 7 still stays and goes to like 349 and eventually we do end up with a $200 phone when the 7 is you know six models down or whatever um that'll be interesting to see um I, I guess from the developer point of view one of the uh interesting things is it looks like the se is gone um that wasn't on the screen now i know the se still supports ios 12 um so we still have to consider it but if it's now dropped from the lineup i'm wondering if the se will not support 13 uh meaning that the se which is let's face it a a design problem for us getting things to fit on the se screen uh then the big jump up to the seven is quite um you know it, it creates some design challenges so i guess from a developer point of view if the se does drop off the things we have to design for next year that will be celebrated by developers i would think indeed i yeah i think the other thing that made me happy you know the the, the camera stuff was 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 interesting it was also interesting when they, they you know they went through all all the presentation about having a dual camera, you know, what that allows you to do in terms of portrait mode. And then they said, oh, but guess what? We can do, you know, pretty much all the fancy things because we have the, the depth map from, from the, 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 you know, the, the, what do you call it? The dot projector and, and infrared that makes face ID possible. And so they can create the, the, the appropriate masks and basically do Photoshop type effects you know, with a mask that they can blur the background with a slider. It was kind of interesting because there was so much that was made out of that, that light field uh, camera. I forgot the, the name of the company, but kind of came, it was supposed to revolutionize, revolutionize the, the world. And then in the end, it kind of, the company didn't do anything. I guess they licensed their technology to, to, to various people. I don't think necessarily Apple, but in this particular case, you know, it really is real-time Photoshop effects because they can make a spectacularly good mask. Blurring, you know, with a slider is, is a known a known solved solved problem. So it's kind of interesting to 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 be able to then ask yourself how do they differentiate portrait mode with with you know two cameras versus just one. Um, I presumably it would be better with two, but that was something that that I was having a discussion with some engineers about, kind of Apple versus Google, and that Google says nope with machine learning. We can we can make it work, and we don't need to have as expensive hardware. And so, Apple now is in the position of saying, you know, on the high end, yes, you do, but how much do you? Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see two photos taken in the same conditions, uh, using one with the single lens, using mm -hmm. the software, and one with the double lens, still using the software, because um, they, they both had smart HDR, didn't they? And yeah. uh, just see just see what the difference is, because I suspect for most people who are taking photos to put on Facebook, um, it's perfectly good enough. Um, yeah, could and, not care less. Uh, so it's going to be. Yeah, I think. I think the the ten R will still be a high end phone, but it'll be the high end phone for normal people. Um, and so, you know the ten and the uh, the ten S and the ten S Max are you know going to be for the. I was going to use the word elite, but that'd be totally inappropriate. You know, more the you know, people who happen to have enough dollars in their pocket that they can blessed enough to afford it. The well healed. Yeah. So one what more, else? Should we, oh, sorry. One more thing. So You're going to do a proper Apple presentation. One more thing. Uh, well, one more thing. Exactly. No, I, I'm super excited about having stereo recording um, because that actually does matter to me because I, I like recording the performances I make with my band and, and, you know, it's great having, 
you know, 4K video, 60 frames per second. It's amazing. And you always end up having to combine it with a stereo recording if you want something decent. And I, I did start to notice that the, the that they, they seem to be doing really interesting tricks with, with, with software because the iPhone 10 has still kind of, as far as I know, only two speakers. and But it, they really do manage to do something that it kind of changes its position in the, in the stereo field. And I think with having four and having microphones on either side, I, I, I am excited to, to have much better field recordings um, as, as much for the audio as, as for the video. So th- that I think is nice. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm I mean, I think... For, wh- for that and the camera. One of, one of the... Th- sorry, did you say you're going to buy it? Uh, for Yes, in order, you know... The S or the S Max? Uh, just the S. I don't need that. Was anything that big? Because um, the, the, this time, unlike the, in the old phones where you had the 8 and the 8 plus the cameras oh. are exactly the same in the s and the s max aren't they right yeah exactly yeah um yeah i think uh, i think it's a you know the apple's off year as we call it when they concentrate on the internals um and not on the externals are always from a technology point of view i mean you know we they almost we almost take it for granted now they're going to produce new silicon you know but you know apple's chip design is amazing uh, you know what they get onto a chip and you know it is fantastic and their camera stuff so you know i think this is a very very solid um s release i think uh, the main problem with it it was giving a presentation uh that was beyond an s release i mean the s releases now are almost you know we like the macbook pros they're they're seen as internal upgrades um yes they can have you know a little bit of a presentation or something but you know the whole theater thing yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, as long as people keep turning up, I guess that's fine. But uh, yeah, but but still, that doesn't change the product. And I totally agree with you. One thing that Apple have been, you know, people have been slagging Apple off a lot the last few years for um, not improving certain things. But one thing they have been improving on all their devices and something they have become you know massive experts in is designing fantastic small speakers. Mm. Um, you know, the the speakers in the iPhone, the iPad. In the MacBook Pros, are you know they are for their size, they are phenomenal speakers, um, and I guess if they take some of that learning into the AirPod, um, and uh, which you can obviously now they gave you thirty seconds on the stage, but there we go. <laughs> exactly. Right. What you been up to this week then? Um, gosh, I forgot about that. Um, well, actually, it's been two weeks really since we spoke uh, because I was I was let me start then because I was away last week. I went to I went to iOS Dev UK, which is uh, uh, one of my favourite iOS conferences in Aberystwyth, Wales. It li- literally is at the end of the line. You pull into Aberystwyth Station and the buffers are there because you cannot go any further. Go any further, you are in the sea. And it's um, I describe it as a cheap and cheerful conference. I think tickets are... It's a three, two-and-a-half-day conference. I think tickets are under 200 bucks. Um, if you stay in the student accommodation, which most of us do... Yeah, I think the whole thing, including accommodation from the night before, is about four hundred bucks for a three-day conference, um, and we have great fun there. So uh, I was there uh, last week, and there were some uh, great presentations. It's a really, it, it's one of the things I love about conferences in in Europe is you get a uh, a wide range of uh, people. Though this conference particularly seems to attract people from eastern europe um i don't know whether that's because of its price or something else about it um so at the conference dinner on the first night i was at a table with a 
people from Romania, people from Lithu- uh, Lithuania, people from Hungary. So that was great catching up. And it's a, um, uh, a fun conference. So if you've never been in Europe and you've never been to an iOS conference before, I would say it's a really, really good place to start. Um, so it's iOS Dev UK. I'm sure Chris and Neil, who run it at Aberystwyth University, are going to do it next year. And um, uh, it's really cool. Now, there were a couple of really good sessions uh, that I liked. I mean, in fact, they were all pretty good. But there was uh, there was one session on the last day um, given by uh, Ellen Shapiro uh, called Proper, Properly Allocating the Fucks That You Give. Um, LAUGHTER and it was, uh, yeah, she set herself a goal. I think she used the word fuck in every single sentence of a 40-minute talk. Um, but it was an incredibly good talk, possibly one of the best conference talks I've ever seen, um, about you know the balance between not giving a fuck and uh, giving a fuck, and you know how basically not giving a fuck at all makes you a sociopath, but if you give a fuck about everything, then you will basically kill yourself. Um, and so how do you decide what to give a fuck about? Um, and it was incredibly well done. And they, it was live streamed. Um, and I think the videos, the live streams are going to be edited and, and put out as proper um, recorded videos. So hopefully in a, in a little while they'll be up there. But uh, I would um, strongly suggest that uh, people go and watch it because it was firstly, if you want to see how to give a great conference talk, um, it's a good example, and equally the subjects on, which is effectively a talk on you know, your mental health and how you care, but done in an incredibly entertaining and uh, um, thoughtful way. As long as you don't mind the word fuck, otherwise you're in trouble. Hmm. Well, the family version of it will sound like, hi, my name is Al, and then so we're going <laughs> to... You could not beep this talk. Hmm. <laughs> There would be nothing left of it. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite quote from the talk was, um, a fuck is a pointer to something you care about. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so it's in there. Uh, and, and there was another talk there. I might as well carry on that and do, do my side. Um, on day one about Vapor. Uh, vapor is a uh, server-side Swift framework. Um and I was going to say similar to something like Rails, but it's probably not. You know, it's not that extensive. It's more of a. Um, uh, it's probably lighter weight than that. Uh, I don't know enough web frameworks to really give it a, a comparison. But Vapor is um, now the Swift Server Group worked quite hard on something called Swift um, NIO, uh, which I know stands for something. <laughs> um, it's an event-driven uh, synchronous network application framework, effectively that was part of the Swift stuff, probably incredibly lightweight. And I think that is reasonably recent that that was released as part of Swift. But uh, what that has done is it's made um, the ability of Swift on the server to be, you know, they've now got a really fantastic framework to build on top of. And um, Vapor is one of probably one of the, in the top two of popular frameworks. I think the other one is uh, IBM's Kitura. Uh, I think maybe IBM Couture is a bit more established, um, but coming from IBM and aiming at enterprise people, I think it's more conservative in its development, whereas Vapor is more taking the swifty approach of break everything and move forward fast. Um, and there was a talk on Vapor version 3, uh, which was quite interesting. So I've spent the last week since then playing with um, 
Vapor and Swift on the server. Um, now, obviously, I've done backend, you know, lightweight backend development before, so I understand request response scenarios and cookies and all this sort of stuff. Um, so I have that advantage. I haven't been learning from scratch. So actually, just being able to write this stuff in Xcode, have breakpoints in your server side stuff, um, it's actually been really cool. Um, and I'm seriously considering it, trying using it for some things. Um, using it has given me an appreciation for Docker. I've been trying to avoid learning Docker for a long time um, to use server side uh, to to really write server side Swift. Um, you probably want to be using Docker, not because not because you need to run Linux to to run server side Swift, but the reality is you're probably going to be running it on Linux at the end of the day. And the foundation you get in on Linux will be different to the foundation that you'll be running against in Xcode. Um, so, but, you know, I thought, oh, so this is a nightmare. But there is a fantastic way of just uh, ha having a Docker, I can't remember what you call them, instance container. Uh, that's a Linux setup and just running all your unit tests inside Linux just to make sure that they don't fail. Uh, just from the command line in one simple line just to run all your tests and make sure it works. And I just thought, okay, I have no idea how this technology is working, but that's quite impressive. So, yeah, it's been a bit of, bit of a fun week playing with that, really. Um, and I would say I was less convinced by Swift on the server a couple of weeks ago, and now I am more convinced of its, um, uh, of its ability and its future. And the Swift, the Swift server workgroup, which is part of the Swift org, the... The two main, Vapor is an open source platform. The two main contributors, uh, Logan Wright and Tanner Nelson, are now part of the Swift server-side work group. So that sort of you know, means they're at the heart of things, as are the lead guys from Katura as well. Um, so yeah, I think Swift on the server I have been slightly more convinced about this week. All right. Well, that, that almost could be enough to add another half user, I think, by, yeah. by broadening our market to... Yeah. There is very little documentation out there. Um, Ray Wendelicht, um, well, not him personally, but his uh, some of the guys on his site who wrote a book. Uh, in fact, Logan Wright and Tanner Nelson, the two authors of Vapor, uh, were were part authors of that book as well. Um, I think Paul Hudson of Hacking with Swift has written a book on it. Um, I think, especially as Vapor three is very different to Vapor one. Uh, and vape, and quite a lot of them to Vapor 2 because they really did take the whole Swift approach. Okay, now we can do this. Let's change what we're doing. But that's as far as I can see because I never really looked at them. But, you know, you so any examples out there tend to be, a lot of them tend to be for, well, that's not how it's saying to do it. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, a good sign is, you know, how many blog articles or posts start appearing about it over the next year or two. Um, I think it will take long, a lot longer than Swift to take off, obviously, itself because being server-side stuff. But uh, be interesting to see if they establish themselves. Yeah. But um, maybe maybe we can become. I was, was going to say a font of knowledge, um, a dribble of knowledge on this show <laughs> as I learn more. Like like a water torture of swift on the server knowledge. <laughs> yes, constant drip, drip, drip. Right. Sorry. Back to you again. Ah, uh, well, that's it. So I mean, uh, well, I'm trying to think. Uh, just. More debugging now. It's kind of after I solved all the kind of gnarly problems. Now it's just more factoring and 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 you know I, I wrote documentation for this thing that I wrote. I threw it over the transom to somebody to to let them use it. 
immediately they uncovered um, two uh, one assumption that I had made, which didn't hold true in in other cases. It was easy to fix, but that's that's why you give it to someone else, and then uh, uh, just to kind of you know adapt the documentation. But but actually, it did pretty well, which made me happy. Um, and uh, I got my Russian visa today. I, I, I think I told you, if I hadn't told you, I'm telling you now, but I'm uh, going to be giving a talk in Moscow on the 28th at a mobile developer conference. And I'd kind of not, I'd kind of kept quiet about it because uh, I need to make sure all the ducks were in a row. Now I, I, I have the legal right to enter the, enter Russia for, for uh, one time during a, a period of three days and it only cost me $258 and, and uh, two <laughs> hours of my time. Three hours of my time doing it. So. Yeah, Russians will make sure they make you capitalist pigs work hard to get there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's kind of funny. So, I mean, there used to be a, a consulate, a, you know, a Russian consulate in San Francisco. But uh, soon after Trump came to power, <laughs> I swear to you, I, 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 I feces you not, uh, from one day to the next, there were just great plumes of smoke coming out of the consulate. So much so that the, the San Francisco Fire Department comes up knocking on their door. And it's like, is there everything okay? Oh, no, everything great. <laughs> just, just, you know how summer in San Francisco is. It's cold. We just wanted to like you know, have a nice roasty fire. Just and it was keeping warm. Yeah, and yes. so as as a result, instead of your passport being taken from the the kind of service, the visa delivery service, and and run across town, it's uh, sent to Washington. And uh, it uh, anyway, but I got managed to get it back today, and uh, um, so I am looking forward to it. Now I need to to, to finish up my presentation, but uh, I'll, I'll talk more about it, I guess, when it, we are a little bit closer. Yeah, but for, if 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 by chance any of our half listeners are in Moscow. Um, or can travel to Moscow, come see me. I've never been to Russia. I would like to go to Russia, so I'm interested to hear what you, um, yep. what, what you think of it. Yeah, yeah, I am looking forward to it. All right, Scotty, um, it's getting late for me, and it's early for you, and I know you want to go back to sleep, so if people want to keep you from going back to sleep, how might they wake you up on the Internet? They should send me a complete Twitter storm at uh, MacDevNet on Twitter, or... Preferably, they could um, speak to me on micro.blog, um, where I am Scotty, with a Y. And, of course, they could speak to both of us at the same time to stop you going to bed and to prevent me getting up by sending an email to feedback at iDeveloper.co. All right. Well, if anybody wants to talk to me, they can talk to me on the Twitter um, as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. John, we... I missed you last week. It's uh, It's been good to catch up, and uh, I'll uh, speak to you again soon. And everyone out there listening, we can say if one and a half counts as multiple, doesn't it? Hmm. So I can say everyone to all the peeps, all the peeps <laughs> out there on the wires. <laughs> this has been your late night DJ. Until <laughs> next time. Free Scotty. <laughs> you take care. <laughs> Uh, one day we'll get good at this entertainment free wait information free podcasting both yeah just free podcasting free of everything of any value at all alright good night Scotty good night John